This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing better than Buffalo Brian, Steve. Um, I know. It's kind of it's kind of messed up what we did to him, to be honest. I feel like we we may or not may or may not played a role in in what happened uh last weekend. And I don't I don't want to say I feel bad, because I don't know if I feel bad, but uh we but I'm definitely doing better than he is, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, we brought him on at the right time. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> brought him on at the height. So I, you know, and I, I was sincere when I said I was rooting for the Bills. I wanted the Bills to win, but I do also have a one two twenty four bet on Cincinnati to win it all. So, well, that feels pretty good right now. Yeah. That so I, you know, I'm I got over feeling sorry for Buffalo pretty <laughs> quickly. Um. But anyways, Mike, we got a lot to get into. We have a uh, we have another two crew guest hosts later on in the episode. We have some running news to get into. But Mike, you know, I have I have a couple things I want to talk about. But the okay. first is the first thing I want to just kind of quickly is more of a rant. It's it's more of a something I need to get off my chest. Something that happened to me today, and uh, it really bothered me. So. <laughs> it has nothing to do with running or anything, but I'm going to get into it. So I I went to this. I, I was running around doing stuff for work. I wasn't in the office today. I had a meeting down in Waltham, and I was shuttling stuff to and from the uh, my storage unit. Um, so it was just kind of like a run around day. And I popped into this new restaurant in Lowell called the uh, the Dragonfly Cafe, and they kind of specialize in, you know, healthy food. They have salads, smoothies, like it's really good stuff. And so uh, I went in there, and it's beautiful, absolutely, you know, gorgeous spot in an old mill building, just clean. Like the place looked awesome. Um, the menu looked great. I ordered a salad, and, um, yeah, everything was perfect. And, um you know, they, they bring out the salad and, and it's this nice big salad. Got a, you know, fruit, veggie, chicken looks unbelievable. I can't wait to dive into this, you know, because, you know, I new year, new me. I'm trying to slim down for a marathon in October. I'm trying to eat healthy. So, you know, I'm looking for high quality, healthy food to eat. And so I get the salad and then I realized I was like, oh, there's no utensils. So I get up to go look around for utensils. And I can't find any. And so I go up and ask them behind the counter. I was like, oh, I, you know, have a fork and a knife. And um, they're like, we don't have fork and knife, but here's a, here's a spork. And so they give oh. me a spork. So I have this big, beautiful salad with like, you know, hearty, hearty stuff in there, like chicken and veggie stuff that I really need to dig into. And they give me a spork. And I'm trying to eat this salad with a spork. And it's impossible. Right. And so, like, you know, I do my best to eat this thing. And on the way out, like, I, I kind of mentioned somebody's like, you know, where you, you know, where you out of out of forks. I had to eat. I had to eat the thing with a spork. And they're like, no, we 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 just do sporks here. And I was like, well, why? And they're like, well, you don't need to order forks and spoons if you just order sporks. And I was like, 
Well, it makes it really difficult to eat. You know, if you need to eat something with a spoon, I can't imagine the spork's the ideal thing to, to eat, uh, you know, like soup with. And, you know, the rest of the menu is not ideal to eat with a, you know, with a, with a spork when all you really want is a fork. So, like, I guess what I'm saying is I'm ranting on sporks right now because, like, if you're camping and you need to bring, like, one utensil with you, yeah, yeah, by all means, downsize, bring a spork. But when you're a restaurant that's specializing in these, like, high-end foods, give me a damn fork. Yeah, I mean, there's that was the first thing I was going to say. Was, is there certainly a time and a place for a spork. I think it's a great invention, and when the, when the time calls for it, you know, a spork is a genius idea. However, evolution's a powerful thing, Steve, and then there's a reason why there's three utensils that have stood the test of time and are at every restaurant and every dinner table across the globe, and that is the fork, the knife, and the spoon. Those three, yeah, of course, there's other accessory things that come in and out and are specialty utensils and all that. But those three have evolved to be the kings and the queens of of the utensil world. And there's a reason for that. You're, you know, you, just because you're this new hip restaurant doesn't mean that you think that you can like outsmart the evolution of silverware. No, 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 no. Those three... <laughs> There's a reason those have stood the test of time. So that's a that's a crazy move. It, it, that's a clear. I don't even think it would have hurt their financials that much to have gotten, you know, the proper utensils. That's just like a clear, um, you know, strategy to try and be different and unique and, exactly. you know, be, you know, uh, break the curve there. So that's that, that's a tough look. I was halfway through my salad trying to muscle down this thing with a spork. And I, I legitimately said, this would be easier with chopsticks. I'd rather be eating my salad with chopsticks than this fork. So this place has got to be better. Again, place was beautiful. Great food. I hope to go back there someday. But do away with the sporks. Okay. You might have to you might have to bring your own uh yeah. utensils when you uh-huh. go. <laughs> I, I got a whole I got a whole I got a whole arsenal of of utensil material tonight. I had jury <laughs> duty. I had jury duty last week, Mike. I got called for jury duty. And again, you know, I'm trying to eat healthy. So like I'm, you know, packing my lunches every day. Like I'm, you know, I'm trying to be conscious of what I'm putting in my body right now. And so last time I was on jury, I had jury duty. I, I got put on a trial and I was like, it, it was it was a it was a multi-day thing. And there was times where I was sitting in a room starving. And so I was like, I'm going to be very smart this time. I'm going to bring like a, a whole, you know, three course meal with me in case I get stuck in the jury pool room for the entire day. And I'm going through and I'm checking in. You got to go through a metal detector and uh, I'm oh, going through no. the metal detector. And <laughs> the cop is like, do you have a knife in your bag? <laughs> oh, no. It's like, oh shoot. I I had I had a, a steak salad in my backpack and I brought a and I brought a steak knife. So I had this like giant, you know, going oh. to the courthouse and I'm pulling out this giant steak knife and handing it over to the cop at the <laughs> uh, at the courthouse. So anyways, yeah, utensil I you, material. I got I got tons of it. If you brought a spork, you probably would have been okay. They probably would have let you bring it. You know it. what, Mike? There you go. <laughs> Come on. Been, you been full just circle. I would have been I would have been fine if I had a spork. Oh well, man. Here's my rant, and I know you're not gonna appreciate this because you get jury duty like four times a year somehow. But 
I'm begging for jury duty over here. I'm asking for it. I would love to do some jury duty. Not once in my life have I ever been issued jury duty. Not once. Not a single time in my life have been issued jury duty. I haven't been able to, uh, you know, do my civic duty by you know serving the courts. I want to. I want to be on some high profile case. I want to have to be out of work for like six months because I'm on some gigantic trial. You know what I mean? I that's I'm begging for it. Yeah, I don't know. I um. So now my because I I reported for jury duty. I didn't get put on trial. Thankfully, I too much too much going on in my life to get put on a, another trial. But um, I. So I have three years now where I won't get I won't get a jury duty notice for three years, but I will get a notice almost exactly three years to the date. Whenever I am eligible, I a jury duty notification uh, notice pops up at my door almost like clockwork. And I've been and I've asked around and I've heard that if you're the oldest sibling of your family, you're way more likely to get jury uh. duty. And so is, is there I, I don't a philosophy behind likely. that? I think it's like a fact that if you're the oldest, and I think it's like a Massachusetts thing. I think it's like a fact. If you're the oldest, you're going to get jury duty and your siblings aren't going to get it. I get it all the time. Isn't, it, it's it's it always a, at the most inconvenient times in my life. Isn't it supposed to be random? Yeah, I don't know. It's supposed it's like, to be. Uh, but It's like but drug I, testing. Everybody I talk to, people that say, oh, I get, I get, jury duty a lot they're the oldest sibling and people i talk to that say i've never had jury duty in my life sure enough they're like the third or fourth sibling so fascinating i don't know what it is huh. but it's supposed to be random but i can tell you it's not random <laughs> I, yeah. I mean i, I, the, I data, mean, the data years, would show your side years, for sure january three years from now i guarantee you i'll get a, a jury duty notification put so. a pin in it yep so anyways that's uh, that's that's my uh, jury duty no- utensil rants uh, for the <laughs> people love that. Actually, I think that was pretty entertaining, so I'm not going to apologize. Um, but Mike, we are in, we are in the heart of treadmill season. This is, you know, mid January through February. You know, this is, you know, without a doubt, treadmill season. I mean, we've had some. Today was actually pretty nice, but we've the past two weeks we've had some gross days. We've had some icy days, um, days that you know, kind of dangerous to be out on the road. So you got to find a treadmill. You got to get on the treadmill. You got to hammer. Um, just a, a quick side note. It's been so like icy and weird around here. I parked, I guess it would have been end of last week. I parked in my driveway. And Mike, I don't have, like, I'm not, I don't have like a, a big slope on my driveway. I have like a tiny, tiny, tiny slope. Like I'm talking like a couple grades. It's It's not much. I went out to get my car the next morning. My car had slid like five feet backwards and at a 45 degree angle. That's how oh icy. God. I mean, and you know, my like, I don't have like much of a slope to my driveway. And you barely I have, have a driveway. I barely. Yeah. And my car's not like I have a, I don't have a small car. I don't have a big car. I have a, like a midsize SUV. You know, tires are relatively new. The thing slid down my driveway and turned sideways in the middle of the night. That's that's intense. I, I, don't, I don't even know how that's possible. And neither did I. Is I would blew my mind. Um, so the roads have not been great. Um, so uh, treadmill season. I've been you know I'm at my at my gym. I've been trying to get outside when I can, like it's the middle of the day. But I've been at my at my gym almost every day, hammering away at the treadmill. 
giant pool sweat behind my treadmill every single time. And uh, around this time of year, it's, you know, I I start to get a little bit of a reputation at the gym and I walk in there and I can tell everybody starts looking at me like, oh God, there's the disgusting guy again. The, the treadmills just go completely vacant. People are cutting their runs short and they're like, I'm going to go hit the Peloton for the rest of the day. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you got to put on a little bit of a show when you're on the treadmill. You know what I mean? Like in the in the gym, oh, yeah. it's always packed in, 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 in January. And, you know, if you're not if you're not cruising on that thing, if you're not putting an incline on that, you know, putting on a show for the people, then then what are we doing? Does your gym have good insurance? Because they must go through like four treadmills a winter with you just putting water damage through these things. I do them a solid and I and I mix up the the treadmills that I go to one. I actually I don't know which is better. Should I just should I do damage to one? Yeah, I think you should probably treadmill? stick yeah, stick to one. Don't don't contaminate, you know, eight of them. Just break one of them and they'll call that a win. Um, I feel like this winter is like even worse than normal because we're not getting the crazy cold weather. We're not getting dumped on with snow you know sometimes it's fun when you get dumped on in snow and the the roads go out there and plow and there's not many cars on the road you go out and do a, a nice jog on the freshly plowed streets and the pretty snow all around but yeah like the the rainy sleety icy crap like that's it's just the gross winter weather it's yeah not you don't want your like you don't want this is not the weather you want your like feet wet in you know what i mean it's it's too cold to have wet feet slopping around and this slushy stuff so yeah now this stinks uh so it's yeah it's it's treadmill insurance season for sure mike do you have a, a treadmill that you've been hammering on or are you just not running uh doing a little bit of running no no treadmill but uh, i've been doing a little peloton and uh a little bit i you know i mentioned my strength work i've been doing some uh some exercises on the old youtube lately so oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A little, little YouTube stuff. You know what I did the other day, Steve? Was a um. Mike, a... you have a Peloton membership. I do. You know they have strength workouts on Peloton. Yeah, I know. But what I did, well, maybe they have this. I don't know why I was craving it, but um, I did a like a boxing, a boxing workout the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't. I don't have a punching bag so i was just like shadow boxing in my living room it was it was pretty wild but i must say like i felt pretty badass i threw a little like pump up music in my ear and i was doing a little like one two one duck under like I don't know, I, head. yeah I, I had no idea what i was doing and i probably looked like an idiot and my my uh form was probably not great but it was pretty good it was pretty nice. good i like that <laughs> remember uh Ty Bo was all the rage. Like, oh yeah, twenty years ago. I not maybe not twenty years ago, but I think yeah. I was in high school and Ty Bo was all the rage, and all the all the uh, the moms across America were doing uh, were doing. I was to say, shout out to our mom crushing Ty Bo up in the upstairs den. <laughs> oh man, I used well, to. Hey, I used go to go up there with her and you know get into it a little bit. <laughs> um. Before we get into, we got we got a couple uh, uh, things of uh, running news to get into. We have a, uh, like I said, a guest host coming on a little bit later. I do want to just kind of throw out the Irish Clover Five Miler coming up in March. Let me get the exact 
date. I believe it is. It is March 12th. So, Mike, I don't know if you I don't know if you've even talked about this. I am no longer the owner of the Irish Clover five miler. I did not know this. Yeah, I had to give it up. Um, Makes I just sense. Got, I just got too much on my plate and uh, it was a lot of work and, you know, very little return. <laughs> like I wasn't really making much money on it. I was doing it because I enjoyed it and I was having fun. And um, I just got too much on my plate and I decided to kind of give it up. So um, I was able to actually turn it over to, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine, somebody that has been uh, helping out with all of my races. She's very deserving of this race and I know she's going to do great things with it. And so I still want to support the race. I still want to see this race go on. And I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I would like if there's any two crew in the area to still put it on the calendar, because here's the other thing, Mike, now that I'm not the race director and I don't own this race, I'm going to be able to have, I'm going to be able to run the race. First off, and I'm gonna be able to have more fun at the after party, be able to partake in everything that is the Irish Clover Five True. Mile. So everybody that came out last year, I want to encourage to come out again this year and have some fun. And you know what? I think I'm gonna talk to the owner, and I think we might make this like uh, you know, an annual peak too early championship, and I'll see if we can still do another peak too early championship belt and award the belt to the winner of the Irish Clover five mile or kind of keep that going. So I would like to keep that aspect of it. So, you know, I just, if, if you're looking ahead at your, you know, your early spring race calendar and you're in the area, or if you want to travel in from out of town, the past two years in a row, we've had people traveling from out of town. Um, you know, I will be able to be a much better host this year just because I, have less going on with the race. Um, but it's, it's going to be a good time. Like it, it legitimately is a blast every single year. I've been running this race since I was, you know, 18 years old. That's why I wanted to take it over. And, uh, you know, I, I was able to have more fun once I turned 21, but it's just like, it's, it's legitimately like my favorite race. I love it. It's just, it's, it's big enough without it being, you know, a massive race. And the after party is always a good time. Sometimes we have, you know, beautiful 70 sunny, you know, sunny weather out there. And sometimes we have, you know, a sleety, you know, snowy mixture out there and everybody gets soaked and we got to huddle into the bar and still have a good time afterwards. But um, yeah, put it on your calendars. If you're looking for a race, your, uh, your wife, Aaron sent me a picture a few days ago of, of uh, you and I all, snuggled up in Miley the dog's bed after after a hell of a night after the the after party we must have uh enjoyed ourselves a little bit and uh that's, that's what happened you know you're we snuggling up with Miley I don't know why she sent me that picture but it, it made me laugh well I was I was going through I put out the uh the the end of the year recap video on Instagram and I was going through like all the pictures from the year and there's so many good pictures from that uh, from that Irish Clover after party, I was kind of reliving it. Like all, like a ton of people came out. It was awesome. We had a blast and you know, the, you know, having the disgusting, cold, gross weather outside to go race in and then going into like a warm bar afterwards is, is kind of nice. And then I forgot, like we had bagpipers standing on the bar. Oh, right. Yeah. Music. We had, you know, the, 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 the Guinness was flowing. It was, it was a great time. So 
anyways, I wanted to throw that plug out there and ask people to put it on their calendars if they if uh, if they want to join. All right, so I got a couple quick running stories. Um, so the first one, I don't know if you saw this, but this week, Usain Bolt posted some videos of him doing starts. That's nice, nice like dramatic slow motion videos, and of course, you know, everyone's like, "Whoa, is he? It's a comeback, whatever." And it's not a comeback. I, mean, I can tell you right now, it's not a comeback. But there's, you know, a few people in sports who can just do anything, any cryptic post, any video, and just drum up some excitement. And it's like, yeah, all that dude has to do is throw one, like, quick five-second video of him doing a start, something he's done a gazillion times in his life. And it's like, oh, Usain's back. And I got to be honest, I watched the video and it was all in slow motion. So you can't really see how fast he's going. But it's like before I even put any rational thought into it, my first line of thought is, yeah, I mean, he could he could come back and win. Like, I'm, I'm, like win. I'm watching it right now. And I'm, I'm looking at this video. He's still got it. That's what I'm saying. He's still got like, it. <laughs> and there's a reason they do it in slow motion, right? I mean, <laughs> Well, in, in Usain Bolt, he he's smart. I mean, he could, you know, you know, this time it's a video of him doing starts. You know, like you said, maybe it could be something as like a cryptic tweet or something like that. He could do this for the next decade and a half, and every single time, people would get all fired up, be like, "Oh, could we see Usain Bolt jump back on the track?" It'd be like, um, they always talk about this on uh, on on part of my take, but there was a solid. And I remember this. There was like a solid 15 years where it was like Barry Sanders still got something in the tank. Yeah. You know, <laughs> his team needs a running back. Are they going to reach out to Barry Sanders? And, and I could see this being one of those things where it's like, you know, Usain Bolt is back is back working out. We might see him in the in the Olympic trials. Hundred percent. Um. All right. So this other news story that I stumbled upon, and Steve, I don't know anything about this guy. I doubt that you know him, but you have a much better chance of knowing him than I do. Are you familiar with the TikTok running star, Matt Choi? No. Okay. He's got like 400,000 followers on TikTok. Let me look him up. But uh, so I I don't know how I stumbled upon this, this article, but basically he recently ran the Houston Marathon and it you know, people were like trying to look up his results and his name wasn't coming up in the results. People were doing a little digging and it you find out later that he ran with somebody else's bib. And this website, marathoninvestigator.com, did this whole like, you know, post about it and people were all up in arms that he, what it was the phrase that they... I can't remember that phrase, but there's a, a term for people who like run under some somebody else's bib and people are upset about it. And he had to like come out and make an apology video and blah, 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 blah. And I guess and listen, this is a rhetorical question. I don't need like listeners DMing us and explaining to me why this is a big deal. This is, let me make this clear. This is a rhetorical question. Why does this matter? Like, who cares that he ran under somebody else's bib? So the story behind it is he like forgot to 
he forgot to sign up for the marathon, which I get a lot of people are like, dude, he's been posting like videos for months saying that he's training for the Houston marathon. You tell me he didn't sign up for the marathon. Uh, listen, been there, <laughs> been there. Okay. I was talking about running Indy for like six months and I barely got my, uh, my sign up <laughs> in time. So, uh, it can happen. And it, like this other thing, like this marathon investigator website, like, listen, I know that there's issues with people running marathons without a bib, especially when there's like a charity element to it. Yeah. 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 But it's like, man, that's a lot of effort to be like investigating all these people and like making posts. It's just like, why does this matter? Why is this matter? Well, Mike, as a race director, yeah, I, I can tell was, you I that this was... matters. Okay. No, you doesn't. don't know. You don't understand the organization and meticulous, you know, just kind of, uh, uh, documentation of everything and the way that this screws up the results um in 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 and it, it screws up you know the payments like you know this guy i i'm on the side of the race like no. you can't be <laughs> but here i need to, i need to look at so this is a website marathoninvestigation.com yeah okay so how <laughs> how many like high profile marathon investigations do they need to do that's what I'm saying. I don't think most of them are very high profile. I think they're all very low profile. I think this is like a big win for them, right? Like they, yeah, got, a, they got a big one. <laughs> so let's see. Here's another question too. The dude has 400,000 followers. You don't think he could have hit up the well, that, Marathon? Well, that, that was my first like, thing. Hey, uh, I'll post a couple videos. You mind just like hooking me up with a with a number? Which I kind of appreciate, right? Like this guy's a hot shot. He's got a ton of followers, and he's just treating it like all of us. Like he's like, ah, oh, shit. I, I keep like procrastinating, putting it off. I forgot to do it, and he's like probably like scrambling. He's like, oh man, I've been talking up my videos, and I'm gonna run this. How am I gonna get it? And he ends up like getting hooked up with his buddy who was injured, and it's like I don't know. I I, I actually I respect it. I kind of like it. So I'm I'm scrolling through marathoninvestigation.com and I'm just looking at some of the headlines so it's Houston bib swapper steals age group win from 12 year old girl <laughs> uh next one is if Instagram influencer runs sub three Houston Matt so it's 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 the guy we're talking about um last minute race postponement Steve I think we need runner runner caught using bib mule in NYC to qualify for Boston Marathon I, I mean this is I think this needs to be a uh, every episode segment as we break down one of these investigations. I I kind of want to have this guy or or whoever does this on the podcast because I I don't know if I love or I hate this. I mean, like, like this, like if this. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If this is if this if this person whoever does this just gets off on getting people right if this if that's your thing to if it's just it's like you know a gotcha like uh you know i'm 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 in this to make people's lives miserable then i hate you but if it's somebody that's doing this for the love of the sport and the love of 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 protecting like you know qualifying times for boston and he's just so dedicated to this game of exposing people that are frauds because 
They 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 love the integrity of the sport. I think I like it. So I need to have an understanding of who is running this and why they're doing it for me to have an opinion on it. Does yeah, that make I, sense? I'm I'm starting to come along around to it because, like you said, he had a nice high profile one there at the TikTok star. But some of these are just, I mean, like look at this lady that he's investigating. Look at this lady. Yeah. Man. And and so listen, Stephanie has run ten marathons since 2019. Four Boston qualifying times, yada yada yada, and you go through her results, and it's, it's uh, like, five forty one, six oh one, five twenty nine, four fifty, then three forty eight, like, <laughs> he, he's on her, he's got her, he's, I, you know, <laughs> it's starting to win me over. I, <laughs> how long has this website been around? I don't know, but I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be monitoring this website. Much, I, I we're, we're gonna talk about this frequently. Like this Houston bib swapper who steals the twelve-year-old age group win—that's a great story. I need like a ESPN thirty for thirty on this. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll have to do is, some. This work. is wild. Like, there's so many articles I want to I want to read. This is wild. Yeah, somebody if if somebody's listening is connected to this website in any way, please uh please put us in touch. You have I need, to read I need to know. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like I I I'm 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 genuine when I say my mind is I'm I'm very much on the fence. I can't decide. But this is some this is some legitimate dedication. I mean, this takes some serious investigation skills. It does. It's somebody we might need on our staff at some point in our lives. Yeah. No, this is somebody we need on our side. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Like a paid employee. I'm in, on, I'm in on marathon investigation. Yeah. <laughs> I need the. I need this person as part of the two crew. I could see us needing to launch a few investigations in our time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is wild. Okay. All right, so that that gives I'm That's gonna be it. up all night reading articles. <laughs> I mean, this is my weekend's ruined. I mean, this is this is my weekend right here. I'm gonna deep dive into you're, you're, Philadelphia gonna... Bibmule Bib gains entry for undeserving runner. Um, you're gonna be a uh, like uh, guest writer on that website before you know it. Yeah, yeah. Your kids are going to be like, Daddy, why don't you ever hang out with us anymore? You're like, I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm going to get them. Don't worry, boys. I'm going to get them. We don't know uh, what you're talking about, Dad. All right. Like, I've been following this guy Strava. No yeah. way he's got a, he's got a three-hour <laughs> marathon. All right. All right. I love it, Mike. Is that what you got for running news? That's it. That's all I got. All right. Well, hey, let's bring on our two crew guest hosts. I haven't I I left this one up to a uh for surprise here. So Mike doesn't know who's coming. Know who's coming. Let's uh let's get him on. I don't know who's coming. Get him on. Oh, here we go. Oh, baby. There he is. Boy. What's going on? How we doing? How we doing? Well, all right. So we have 
We have Patrick Donovan on the podcast today. And Patrick, I am I can confidently say that you have legitimately been listening since episode one. Uh, oh, yeah. I've listened to every episode uh, at least once. It was funny. I, I think like listening back to a couple episodes ago, Mikey was like talking about the stats. And he's like, I, I know I know there's people out there who listen to uh listen to the episodes twice. And that was my second time listening to that episode where he talked about the stats. <laughs> Well, it's it's been this has been a long time coming. We've been meaning to get you on for a while. And now that I think we're doing two Kugresos, maybe we'll have you on regularly. Um, but we wanted to we wanted to get you on. We wanted to introduce you to the rest of the two crew. But there's something and I think we've briefly talked about it in the past. But I think for the sake of us and the sake of what we're doing here. We need a documented record from the mouths of you two guys about the creation of the Lowell High Dynasty because, oh boy. Because, oh boy. <laughs> because it's one of the coolest stories I know in the sport. And it's an interesting story. And it's something that needs to be documented because I feel like there are accounts of how this how this quote unquote high school dynasty came to be. But I have a unique perspective on this because I was there, you know, before the creation of it, I had three younger brothers that went through this. So I saw the, I had a close eye on the program through this time and I know where and how it started. And I think we need to talk about it on this podcast. Well, I think I'd love to. Before I mean, before we really dive into it, Dunny, I think it's important to say that uh, you know we both have younger brothers who think that who think that they uh, yeah. that they played a role in it, and that because they actually won state championships, that they deserve the credit for it. And I just hope that they know that they're wrong and that they're stupid. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and what I would say to that is kind of twofold. One, correct, Mike, they are, in fact, stupid. <laughs> um, my, my brother my brother Connor will tell you that he is stupid. Um, yeah, for sure. But, sec- but secondarily, uh, I also agree, like, it's, it's interesting to think about because I think, um, you know, you get each team there throughout the years and, and obviously there's a lot of there's turnover freshmen become sophomores juniors seniors and i think each team has really cool like perspectives and stories on everything and it has certainly added to that legacy right but for like brother our brothers like chris and connor to maybe say oh yeah we started it because we won state championships that's just that's malarkey so let me let me let me set the stage here let me set the stage so you know i am uh, let's see how much older than, than you guys am I? I graduated in from high school in 2006. When did you guys graduate? We're 2011. Okay. So you're 2011. Okay. And so when I went to high school, Lowell high school, this the high school we all graduated from the cross country program was known as in the state of Massachusetts in D one cross country, as a scrappy program, a program that was always going to give you a hard time, that always produced tough runners. It was going to have star runners pop every once in a while. 
And every few years, they were going to be in the mix, not necessarily to win an all-state championship, but to kind of be in contention, maybe have a shot at top three. Um, so my junior year, we finished third at all states. And I believe at the time that was the highest finish the program had ever had. Um, and yeah, it was, it was one of these for things, a long time. Yeah, long it was, time. yeah, it was, it was the highest finish the program had ever had. And, um, you know, the thing is it was, it was, you know, uh, you'd have these teams that would pop and they do well, but then it would kind of probably fade the next two or three years later because the program didn't necessarily have a lot of depth. You were always kind of counting on these scrappy runners to to show up and you get a star to pop every once in a while that would lead the team. Now, when I was graduated, uh, you know, I saw you guys kind of come up through the, uh, you know, through the, through the youth programs of, of Lowell, which we need to touch on briefly before we get into high school thing. And I saw how you two kind of changed the culture of the program. And the program then went from this scrappy program every once in a while, a contender that, you know, was putting together strong seven to eight runners that could contend to this powerhouse that was getting 10, 15, close to 20 kids that could contend on, you know, any team in the conference that went on to rattle off how many state championships from, you know, in like, the in the 2000s? Like four out of five years or five out of four six. Four out of five years. Like yeah. So I think it was like five years in a row, a top two finish. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they, they remain undefeated in their, in their, in their high school conference since you guys. I think since our junior year, right? Yeah, I think so our, the last our sophomore time, year was the last time a dual meet was ever lost by Little High. No, 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 junior year. So junior year was the year that we lost to Methuen at Methuen oh, when Tyler, right, right, when right, Tyler right. Sullivan yep. broke his wrist. Yeah, do you yeah, remember yeah. that? I sure do. So yeah, hey, let's 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 talk about the beginnings. Let's can we can we quickly touch on middle school? Yeah, and no, no definitely. need to go into detail. Can we just talk about the middle school rivalry and how you guys hated each other? Yeah, not, I don't think I hated Mike. Yeah, no, Mike I don't think I hated you either. Mike might have hated me. No, no, I definitely didn't hate you, but there was definitely like, so I, I went to a private middle school. You went to public middle school. You were the, uh, since like, what, like sixth grade, you just dominated the, the middle school. Scene. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so and I was dominating the private school scene, which was much weaker, I must say. So I I had my eye on you. I was so like, they, yeah, I was like, a I, lot of. Yeah, go ahead. I was like, I got my eye on you. Like, I I got to find a way to 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 race you, and you know, try and take down the the big dog. <laughs> so finally, I I'm able to the race at one of the public school races. I'm gonna go head to head with you, showdown, and. It just so happens that that on this race where uh, we finally get to to clash, we both lose because Nyanke yeah. comes from the clouds yeah. and <laughs> beats you for the first time in like three years. This no, this well, out of nowhere kid, dude. Like Nyanke, just what a phenomenal athlete that kid is. Just in general, by the way, yeah. Like he went on to play like college football and stuff he was dunking in like sixth grade so <laughs> shout out to shout out to the Niake. but like we were go through the whole season he's running in basketball shoes and then the last race of the year 
he shows up in like a fresh pair of flats <laughs> and just absolutely dusts us. Like oh. didn't even we didn't even see him finish the race. He was waiting for us at the finish line. Yeah, I'll never forget and me I- and you are side by side, you know, tied for the lead. He just blows by us and you just like fuck. He got running <laughs> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It, it, it just it just for the sake for the sake of the listeners, let's leave names and specifics out that nobody has any clue what we're talking. Oh, about. no, I think that makes it That's, more relatable. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, so you yeah. guys, so you guys have a showdown and you have a rivalry in middle school. I won, by the way. Oh, yeah. For, yep. Dunny won. Dunny, Dunny outkicked somebody for the first time and the last time in his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> We're not saying names, but I did get somebody in indoor tracks to me. So, was- <laughs> so and then you guys go to high school. And I think what the coolest thing you guys did is at some point you got together because the thing about Lowell High School is it's a big city school. It has um uh every type of athlete every type of person it's all kind of meshed together in this one high school it's a really unique high school but it's a really big and it's a really big high school and it's a city high school and you guys at some point had the motivation to essentially start going out and recruiting kids and i think you guys had this mentality the first person i needed to recruit steve was dunny that dummy was gonna play football well let's hear (laughs) that story the day the day he beat me the day he beat me at Shed Park and Yankee smoked us, he told me he was going to play football because we got together. I was like, hey, we, you know, we should do some training this summer. And uh, he's like, oh, no, I think I'm going to play football. Blah, 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 blah. And finally, I was able to I mean, I don't know if, how much I was wearing you down or maybe your dad wore you down or, or somehow we, we finally got you to decide to do cross country. You wore me down, man. Real bad. Like all summer. Time is right. Donovan is Patrick home. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. You... <laughs> I, I would call your cell phone because I wanted you to do summer runs with me. So I'd call your, your cell phone. And what was your stupid ring back tone? It was like, oh, uh, go, go get her. Yeah. It was, yeah. I forget who sings it, but I'd, I'd listen <laughs> to it. I think it's Young Jeezy. Yeah. I'd listen to it all the way through and you wouldn't pick up. So I'd call it again. And finally, after like two or three times, you'd pick, yeah. But all right, hey, I'm running down to your house. And then you, you, you'd roll out of bed. We'd go run, do the cemetery. We'd meet back at my house and have fried bagels. Oh, fried bagels. That is <laughs> that that is where the Lowell High Yes, I born carbs and butter. Yeah. Fried <laughs> bagels. All right. So you recruit Dunny, and then you guys have the idea to start going out and recruiting just bodies to get as many bodies out to practice as possible. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like p- part of it too was you know, you want to just do stuff with your friends. So, like, everybody who we knew that, like, was in between, like, oh, am I going to play football? Am I not? We're like, nah, dude, just come run, just come run cross country. Like, they play football to warm up. Like, we'll, we get to do both. I think that was a big sell, honestly. We literally played touch football before practice. And it's like, it was something for people to come out and do. And, like I said, it was, it, it was fun to hang out. And I think uh, another advantage we had was at the time, our freshman year, our brother Matt was a senior. Yeah, and definitely. He was letting us hang out with him. So we were hanging out with all the seniors. So, like, we had all these ins, and, you know, it was like 
these stupid freshmen who are getting to hang out with seniors. And then we're bringing around like these, you know, other cross kids that we're trying to get thrown across country to come hang out with us. And like, oh, this is pretty cool. We're hanging out with seniors. We're doing cake Wednesdays at the the Gendron's house doing, uh, you know, hanging out with the, these cool seniors. So I think that was a big part of it, too, is like an instant bond. And they get to kind of hang out with like old upperclassmen and get to be around people that they wouldn't normally. So that definitely helped. That was a nice little like recruiting chip we had. The uh, the 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 warm up football games was something that uh, I think it was pretty unique to to Lowell High. Uh, our our high school coach would tell us to go play touch football to warm up, and um, those games got pretty intense. Oh, broken no- broken noses all of the time. It was <laughs> it like- wasn't many it wasn't many cross country teams that were playing like full contact football before they did their training runs yeah, like every yeah. single day. <laughs> and somebody, it, it didn't matter, dude, like how they were really competitive too. Like you wanted to win, but like no matter what, every day someone's coming out a little banged up. Whether yeah, it, Oh yeah, like, without <laughs> a doubt. <laughs> you know, I, it's not broken noses every day, but there's some ankles getting turned in there. I know Steve doesn't want us naming names. Remember when there was like almost a, a, a blowout fight? The uh, I don't care if you kill me. Oh, dude, yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> we we had uh, we had pregame football almost turned into like a full team brawl, and still to this day, I look back and I don't understand how that fight started. But no, me me either. I, actually, the, the only thing I remember from it is is that line. I, I don't care if you kill me, you will respect me. Yeah, as long as I get my point across. <laughs> That's what it was. Yes, as long as I get my point. Oh across. my god! Dude, you've got you got your points getting across. Like, dude, dude, yeah, we we understand. We hear it. The point <laughs> is fully heard. <laughs> Nobody's killing anybody. It's remarkable that there wasn't more fights. Honestly, with like how intense those games were. Yeah. Oh. Oh my god! Absolutely. All right. So the stage is set. What happens there? So I think that first year, Mike, right? Like freshman year, like five and four. Uh, oh, like four. I, I think we were four and five. Wasn't that the like okay. Coach Maya's like first losing season in like two decades almost our freshman year? At that, and it was the first time. It was the first time he lost to Bill Ricca ever. Oh, yeah. That, that must have crushed him. Yeah. Um. So I think like, I think first and foremost was, like we had a losing season, and so going into like I think you skied that winter, Mike. But yeah. going into indoor track, the team was just really, really solid. It was like a lot of like good middle distance guys and sprinters, and you know I think then like the culture of the track team getting really good, kind of you get the bu- that bug that bites you, and then it's like we can. We have these same athletes that run track that don't that either play soccer, don't do something else in the fall, and it's like, why, why can't the cross country team be this good? You know what I'm saying? I don't know, Mike, if your thoughts are the same because yeah. you ran outdoor and I did it, but yeah, and the same thing outdoor. We were thinking the same thing, and then you know, obviously, our buddy Jardina, who yeah, that's a big get. <laughs> yeah, our we we talk him into doing outdoor track our freshman year. And he just like out of nowhere just drops like a four fifty mile, like barely running, not like training at all, just like steps on a track and runs a four fifty mile. I'm like, all right, this I dude's think... pretty good. So we yeah, force I him think... to do cross country the next year. 
along with some of those indoor guys and then all of a sudden and there was just like i don't know something about that class just had like the most confidence and swagger in the world right like yeah guy walter who was like the team captain coming in from indoor track and he just you know instilled this like confidence of like nobody's ever gonna be we we were so goddamn cocky we would every wednesday we would get together and sit in my basement and eat cake and pretend like we were doing homework and just talk about how like we were gonna win the state championship we're just like nobody can touch us like we're so nasty and we weren't but like we thought we were for sure like that confidence like yeah dude that that's such a that's such a good um like take away from that class but at the high I school think. level that's huge yeah. right if yeah you get a group of high schoolers thinking that they can and should compete at that level that's a game changer and, yeah. and like we said we were constantly trying to bring like anybody who had a little bit of talent around and like expose them to that so like we had like the most like motley crew group of like freshmen and sophomores that like you know under normal circumstances like you know they just like we all ran in different friend groups outside of cross country so like we wouldn't normally be hanging out but we were just like bringing everybody in together so they were just feeding off of this energy from some of the upperclassmen this confidence is like oh yeah like we're unstoppable and like the the train hard kind of like you know like we'd go out we'd practice our ass off we'd come back and we would just move all the furniture and beat the shit out of each other in the basement. <laughs> well, like we, so we that's, just like that's something I want to talk about. Yeah. That's something I want to talk about. Cause I, I was in college at the time and I would come home like, you know, for a random Wednesday or something. I had something going on I had to come home and I would, I would come downstairs and there'd be like, you know, remnants of cake, like all over the place. And like the furniture would be moved and you guys would just be beaten the crap out of each other oh. and i'd be like what's going on and you're like this is the gauntlet you come down here you wrestle that's what you do and i was like yeah. you guys are cross-country runners <laughs> and they're like 90 Dude, that's pounds. all your brother too that's all mike mike's like let's let's get on the ground and just let's tussle we're going one-on-one i'm tougher than you and we but then, but then it became, but then it became a competition. So you had this unbelievable swagger, you had this unbelievable confidence, and then it became a competition to see who was physically the toughest. And then you combine all those things, and it just had this team like I had never seen before in high school. Yeah, we had like some bigger guys like Walter and Jardino were like big guys. And then you had these like ninety pound kids who were just like had no problem walking up to Jardino, who was like an eighth grade like state champion wrestler and just being like smack him in the face and like let's go let's tussle and Johnny would kick the crap out of him be playing and they'd like be going like blue in the face and I remember Nathan McCarthy I know we're not saying name Nathan McCarthy going like blue in the face and Jardina would be like dude just tap just tap just tap and he would just look him straight in the eyes and go F you and just like I'm like all right we need to stop this but just nobody would tap it was crazy so yeah I agree that that like just it fostered this really weird like bond and toughness and yeah that's that that carried over i mean we just had so many kids too from like all over the city yeah, yeah. right and so like different you know different walks of life you know and just like tough tough kids like like you say nate nate is like a tough senegal kid you know what yeah. i'm saying 
not that that means anything to non-loyal listeners, but they've heard <laughs> you guys talk about it enough at this point. And, and so, then, and so you get, but then you guys start winning, right? Your junior year, yeah. you make a run at the state championship and, and you, and, and I don't know if you want to go in there, but, but by the time your senior year rolls around, winning's infectious and people want to be part of it. And so you just have more kids showing up on the first day of, of practice than you've ever had before. Yeah. I, I think, and that's like the trend that carried on from there was, a winning is infectious, so people want to be a part of it. And then once they're a part of it, you get your foot in the door. You realize this like crazy like family type bond that is part of the team when you come in. Like the traditions that got passed down, and like the the you know like do anything for each other type of relationship that was infectious too. So it's like the winning was good enough to get people's foot in the door, but the culture was good enough to get people to stay and to buy into it and to be like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go a 10,000% of this. Cause if it was just winning, that's not enough to get people to stay. Uh, like I said, it's enough to get people's foot in the door, but the culture was enough to get people to stay and like, want to continue to be part of it, which is just carried on and on. And then they just want to go win a bunch of, and they're still winning. They don't, they won't stop. Yeah. And that carried, like you said, that that kind of snowballed and carry on. And it was probably like a four-year stretch even after you left where that number on the first day of practice probably got higher and higher every single year yeah. for like four or five years afterwards. So at the point where I think they were getting like close to 80 kids on the first day of practice, Yep. which yeah. for like yeah. a cross-country team, like I think my senior year, we probably got 13 12 yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and, and you have and you have a program that's turning out that many kids on the first day you're bound to have a couple of them that pop and become exceptional athletes you're bound to have a handful of kids that are willing to work harder than everybody else you're bound to have a couple of kids that are great culture kids and it just it just kind of snowball so no that's 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 exactly what happened right like like mike said winning people like to win winning is winning is really really fun and then it was like we almost had that big brother little brother um uh culture in terms of like these young kids would come in and you just take them under your wing like we're picking kids up all over the city everybody's coming back to your parents house after meets after practice i had this one kid that i ran with in college too he's now a, he's now the assistant coach at Lowell high nick mccardle but he could call his mom and say, hey, I'm going to the Gendron's and I'll be home later. And I could drive this kid home at 2.30 in the morning. And his mom would just wave out the door, wave out the door and say, you know, th th thanks for bringing him home. That's like it's like that culture is there, too. Like it it kind of trickled over into the into the parents as well. Like you get a lot of buy in there, too, and a lot of support. Like we had cool, we had cool like shit, you know, as well, like sweatshirts, all that good stuff. Yep. All right. Now let's let's talk specifics. Let's hear the heartbreaking stories of how the oh. trophy wasn't hoisted. Um, We're just gonna like, talk you about like you know all the good stuff. Yeah. So, which two thousand nine was that? Um, well, ju junior year we were North. Ju yeah, junior year we were the underdog. I mean, yeah, we went into the division, you know, the this the, what I don't even know what you call it, the section divisional meet. Yeah, we went to the divisional meet and kicked the shit out of Bethune, a team that we had lost to like 
five meets in a row, like just kicking the yeah. crap out of us. And we upset them in like this pouring rain, like up to our knees and mud. Like it was a perfect day for us. Uh, Great cross country. man. Yeah. The weather that. was just shit. Yeah. I mean, those guys exactly like those guys were all like 420 milers the year before. And it just was just shit weather. And going back to like, we would go to practice and then beat the shit out of each other at your parents' house afterwards. Like we just, we got there that day and we're like, we're way tougher than these guys. We know we're going to win. That's how I felt at least one. And then the, the state championship was at Northfield mountain, which is the most bullshit course. It's just like the first mile is straight uphill, but that was good for us. Right. Like same attitude. It was like, Oh, this is like our kind of course. Like we're just tougher than everybody else. Uh, but like three Nick days. Mullen got the swine flu. Yeah, three days before <laughs> Nick Mullen, our number three guy, gets the swine flu, and like he begs was gonna our, run. Yeah, begs our coach to let him run, and our coach won't let him run. And we still had a chance to win. We we still almost did it, and uh, Dom, our guy Dom, Dom almost like, like heat stroke died on the home stretch. Yeah, like basically yeah. collapsing to the finish line and. So yeah, that, that was that was a uh, loss number one. That one, like I said, we came into the season as underdogs. So that one hurt, and it hurt knowing that if Nick runs, we win. But the next year we go, we enter the season as favorites, and all year long we just beat the shit out of everybody. And it's like not every meet we went to. I think we won, right? Yeah, we Except for maybe even... that opening one in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, we killed everybody. We go into the sectional meet, our only competition in the state. We're going head down with the sectional meet, and we kill them by like twenty points. So, I don't know. Like, it it was one of those things where we raced them ten times. You know, I don't know. Maybe beat we, beat them, we beat them like eight or eight, nine, eight, eight or nine times. And it was one of those days at the state championship. They just had a freaking day, and like we didn't run great. But we didn't run no, I, either. Like we, we ran good enough to win. And they just ran friggin' awesome. Like they just you had kids that we've never, you know, all like for like a month we're doing the math on like little scrap papers like all day long. And like a kid who like we never even factored in just had like a wacky day and finished was like their number three guy and just beat us. Yeah. Well, I went to the hospital the week leading up to it too. Oh remember? my god, that's right. I forgot about that. You had kidney yeah, stones. I had like kidney stones or something, man. We were on like a training run on Tuesday, and we we're just running, and I'm running next to little Nick, and I'm just like, dude, I gotta, yeah, I'm in so much pain. I'm like, I gotta stop for a second and like try to pee, and so I peed, dude, and it was just blood, right? And so, you know, we're couple miles away so i just pull the short pull the shorts up catch up with the group finish the run and then i went to the bathroom at, at school and you know blood again and so i came into the i'm freaking out came into the gym and i was like scotty uh, our coach led i'm like i gotta i gotta go to the hospital so he brings me to the hospital they jacked me up on like a ton of ton of morphine and like I, they were like yeah you got to take like a couple days off and so i ran I just blew up. Not that that's the reason why, but it's just another like you talk about Nick getting swine flu, and then this happened. Well, then like two kind of like freak stories. Two two days after you get you go to the hospital with kidney stones, we're on like a just shakeout run, and we're all eat, like we talk about like how like tough we are, like like you know lifting ourselves up. We we're also idiots, like straight up idiots, 
and on this like shakeout run, we're just being complete jerks, just like fooling around, <laughs> not paying attention, like pushing each other. Like we have like all states in like two or three days. Well, our our fifth guy, Nate, is just being a goofball, like running backwards. Something goes to turn around, not paying attention, runs full speed into a fire hydrant, shreds his I leg. Like his knee is like three times the size, like all swollen up. He's got like gashes all up and down his leg. This is like three days before all states. He just mangles his leg on a fire hydrant. So, yeah, it's just like one of those things. Dude, I don't know how Scotty and Phil put up with us. I don't know how they did. It either. was just so like, like you said, we we're always doing something just so stupid. And they worked like, so hard. Time to be, we're starting to be set for being like being loose and like having a good time. But yeah, like you said, like running backwards, he just gets taken out by a fire hydrant. They worked so hard to have us be like the like structured, like you know, robot type program that just like control like our meals and like make sure we're getting hydrated and like make sure everything's yeah. taken care of. And we just found a way to like. Remember we were taking those multivitamins yeah. that were like the size of your thumb. <laughs> yeah, they were the the the, uh, the uh, performance enhancing drugs that that we yeah. said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just juicing us up, dude. The, um, the running yeah. community will love Scotty that. Salazar. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Salazar. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, it could happen. Who knows? So, so <laughs> never, never, never. Unfortunately, heartbreaking story. Never, never close the deal. But the a culture is created that goes on to rattle off four state championships in five years after that. And you know, I think it to to kind of put a bow on it for our listeners. I think it kind of speaks to, um, I think the sport of cross country and the teams that. If you have the culture, right? Because I I really do, especially at the high school level. If you have the culture, and and it in the the culture you guys created worked for Lowell High, um, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the exact formula. But if you have the if you have the right culture, if you have the right mindset, a program can be created and you know be successful even after the athletes that created that program and were the leaders of that team leave. You know they can create a legacy. Um, that carries on in a school. No, definitely. I think, I think too, like it, it is like, there's some really talented kids that have come through the program too. Right. Um, so the talent was definitely there as well. But like you said, man, like just winning isn't enough. And you know, the culture of it makes those kids come and stay like a lot of the most talented kids that ever came through that program didn't necessarily start off running cross country as freshmen. Like they heard about the culture or they wanted to come win and they came from other sports. And then they just ended up being like phenomenal high school runners and went on to run at, in different varying levels of the NCAA too. So yeah, it's just really, really cool. And I love seeing that they still win um, all yeah. the time. And well, we're always that, texting Scotty and stuff. That's a huge point then, because it's like a lot of these you look back at like some like the studs that came through a little high and a lot of them, it's like they would have been good at any sport that they did. Right. Right. It's just a matter of like, you got to give them a reason to want to want that sport to be cross country. Right. Like Jeff, especially Vega. at a school like Lowell. Yeah. Jeff Vega, like 
dude was just like a, a natural athlete, like just one of those like annoying kids who would have been like good at whatever he does. And you pull him from soccer to do cross country and he like goes and wins a like two national championships. Yeah. Yeah. Is like, yeah, one of the best runners in, in the in the country. So it's like it's just you got to give these kids a reason to want to do cross country. And I think that like brotherhood culture is kind of like that's that's how you start it. In, it's I'm still sure there, you guys man. have seen it, especially at the high school level. You saw the teams that had a stud or studs, right? Like the team that had some like serious talent, but you looked at them and said, that's not a team, right? Yeah. They didn't have the culture. And, and it was, it was, the culture was almost created that these guys are, you know, they're not the same as the rest of the team, right? That has never been, I don't feel like that's ever been the case at all. No, it's, it, 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 you know, the, the, the top runner could, you know, you know, be knocked down a couple pegs every single day, just like everybody else could on the team. Yeah, hundred percent. So, anyways, so I don't think you know that we're 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 close to hundreds of episodes in, and we've never put that story on tape. But I wanted to make sure we did it. I wanted to make sure we documented because I've always been a fan of what you guys have done and what you guys created, and I want to make sure that you get the flowers because I, I saw this happen. I, and I said it at the beginning, I had a very unique perspective. I was there before I saw it happen during, and I was very close to the team after the fact. Cause I mean, we both had brothers after the fact. So I was there before I saw what you guys did. And I was, you know, the biggest fan of the team after the fact, as I watched them reap the benefits of everything you created. So, you know, I, I really do think that when it comes to what the team did, I had a very unique perspective. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. And I, I do think, you know, that there was some of it that was purposeful and stuff that we did. And there was also, we were lucky enough to be surrounded by like, also good culture guys and guys that we learned from and and kind of some of it was right place right time right like we just kind of like we got to be around a badass group of people that just it kind of clicked and yeah i'm not saying that like we didn't have anything to do with it but i also am hesitant to say that we had everything to do with it yeah i i no i agree mike i think there's too many characters in that story yeah, I think it's such a I think it's such a cool like uh, way to think about it is you know everybody even from like your group Steve right like you hear C- Coach Mai always tells the stories about like Brian Gagnon and all these guys Pat Morassi and you meet these guys because it's it's Lowell and people come back and you get to like it, you're picking and pulling different things from each person and that's continued to happen there and the, the uh, culture just compounds on itself like Mike was talking about earlier with just like the swagger and the confidence, like guys like Walter and his class brought, you know, and then you apply that to kids who have a lot of talent and want to work hard. It's really cool what can happen. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, Dunny, what else you got going on in your life? Are you, uh, are you still committed to the sport at all? <laughs> no, um, I'm not much of a runner these days, although I, I have been back to exercising. Um, I'll go into orange theory. So funny enough, the treadmill is like a big portion of orange theory and 
I still, every time I'm there, I probably run like anywhere between two and three miles, but it's like, you've been there, uh, Steve. It's a lot of, it's a lot of like slow pace, quick pace up and down. Um, so I still kind of get my competitive fix for running through that. I ran 625 on the treadmill a couple weeks ago for, for the mile. So we still got a little bit of juice left in these legs. Um, but so in terms of like committed and do I run myself? No, but you know, through you guys, it's been a cool avenue to like stay connected to the sport, right? Um, whether it be like NCAAs or talking about the Olympics or or beer miles, right? Like things like that. It's it's cool to still have a connection uh, to something that was a huge part of my life. I've always thought like the idea of doing like mini mini sods on this platform would be cool. I feel like we kind of just did one, right? Like the history of Little High, like doing like mini, I don't know. Uh, episodes on like a specific subject that that would be a cool one and one that i want to do is like the phenomena of highly competitive high school and college runners just like completely scrapping it the day they they walk out of college like completely leaving the sport and completely abandoning it and basically never doing it again for the rest of their life i think it's fascinating because i have so many people in my life i know who trained at such a high level for so long and like the day the team sport aspect stopped it was like boom later i I do want to say something i in that it happens to pretty much almost all of the lowell kids and i think a big reason for that is the team was what the people were so committed to the team they thrived off the team aspect and once that was gone they stopped and i think that's a good and a bad thing for the city, right? I but it, it's like I'm the fact that I'm still like trying to be decent at this sport is very rare from where I come from. Yeah, every yeah. single kid, every single one of them I ran with in high school, not a single one of and and they went on to run in college. <laughs> like there was one Brian Gagnon who ran professionally. Other than that, not a single one of them ran once they weren't on a team anymore. Yeah, the people who are running yeah. at our age are people who are like new to the sport mostly. It's like or like yeah. came to it after college and like we're looking for a sport or That's you know I never thought about that until right now. I would be curious, right? Like you're so right, Steve. I can name you fifteen kids right now that haven't run a step more. since their last since their last competitive race in either high school or college. I would be really curious, like if we were to, if you were, if there's like a, you could just do like a poll of like our surrounding area, and then also like different parts of the country, right? Like, what does that look? like? I bet you it's, you know? I bet you it's way higher in our part of the country than other parts. Like to completely stop. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, <laughs> but I'm just curious of like, I think if you look at like um, any like high school powerhouses, right? Like a like a Fayetteville manliest or something in New York. I wonder like how many of those kids that are our age now that were like winning Nike nationals and stuff are still running a lot. Like I know a lot, Mikey, I know a lot of the Pembroke kids don't. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. There's like, I think there's like one or two that I could say, like could say runs, but like they were beasts and none of, I can, like at least, you know, my roommate from college, he didn't really run much in college. (laughs) (laughs) That happens too. (laughs) 
you guys, you guys, uh, you guys named somebody who uh, who was the number one runner and uh, broke the high school records from the 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 affirmant the, uh, the the professional runner I just named. He broke all the professional runners yes. uh, times, and he didn't run very much in college either. So sure no, didn't. no, he didn't. <laughs> no, and he and he does it now. Me and him golf together <laughs> twice, like twice a week. <laughs> Oh man. Well, Hey, this was, this was fun. And Donnie, like I said, maybe we, uh, you know, we, we, we try to find a way to plug you into the podcast uh, a little bit more often because I, I do, uh, I do think that you've been, you've been ride or die with us literally since day one. And we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of diehards that once they, once they find this podcast, they're, they're, they've been part of the two crew, but not many of them. There was, we, we joke, we started this podcast for like a group of 20 people as like a joke. And you were part of that 20 people. And, you know, though that, you know, that, that, that original group has dwindled significantly. There's a couple people that have stayed loyal since day one and you're definitely one of them. So we thank you for that. So two. Yeah, man. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Two things before Danny leaves. I, uh, one he needs to come back for an episode where we're talking running news. I I, I would like you have you on just for like a full yes. episode because I want Dunny's ridiculous takes on running news. And uh, oh, two, I, I got thoughts. Don't worry. And and two, <laughs> Steve, I think it's okay with you. Why don't we just end the episode and let Dunny? Well, I was gonna. I was Dunny gonna. I want, him in, I want him in for the bell app. You got a bell yeah. app off the top of your head? I I, I um, coming up. I, I do. I. You know what's funny is I have been writing down over the last couple of weeks. Um themes for my appearance on p2e so right. i well, do i do have a, a bell lap thought then we definitely need to have you back on if you've been if you've been preparing this much and i yeah, oh. okay. all right then, all right mike <laughs> we'll you'll go after mike donny all right okay cool mike let's kick well, off the bell lap well does donny have a prepared one because i'll give me a couple seconds to think of one all right donny do do. what do you what do you got for people on the bell lap I do have a prepared one, and and as you mentioned a couple of times, Steve, I've been a day one, uh, a day one two crew member, so I've been able, I've listened to every podcast, some multiple, right? Like I mentioned, and through that, I have come to to a thesis that Michael hates anybody in the professional running world who is viewed as being supremely talented, and I want to know your thoughts because he hates Matt sense. He hates Galen Rep. Um, there's some others in there too, but I think he doesn't like the guys who are the top, the top tier talent of the of of the sport. But he's been the defender of like, of like Hawker tier. Yeah, but I like, have not. So... Uh, we don't have time to get into that right now. <laughs> I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. And I, but also only bring that up because i love those two guys so it's like you would you would love those <laughs> see exactly and him and i have been arguing about galen rupp since like 08 so <laughs> <laughs> all right daddy we then we we absolutely 100 percent need to have you back on consistently i think i think the next next time we have some like really good running topics like we'll we'll bring you on for the full episode so yeah i'd love to that'd be awesome Mike, what do you got for people on the Bell app? Yeah, so before we started recording, Steve, you came in with uh, one of those. Hey, um, so I got this uh, this idea that <laughs> I just kind of want to to run by. And before you could even finish, before you could even finish the statement, I'm like, Steve, 
I I do not like it when you start off a sentence <laughs> like that. And he's immediately like, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, it's not like that. And he thought about it for a second. He goes, all right, it's kind of like that. <laughs> so how can I how can I make Mike physically uncomfortable yeah. on a weekly basis? Like I immediately it took me two seconds into him like you're like, hey, so I was like, oh, God. So Steve's got some ideas in the works here that I'm sure we'll get into in the future, but he, they're good ideas, good. Dunny. And I think you would like these ideas, even though you might have to run a little bit. I, think I don't he, think Dunny would. Well, Dunny would like parts. Yeah, of he would. It. He would yeah, like he parts would. of the idea. He'd parts of it. He'd he, like the drinking part, and he'd like the yeah, that's cool. Out. <laughs> I, I'm a big, I'm a locker room guy now. Like yeah. I'm like the, sh- I'm a shower guy. He's that's kind of like how I to think of myself now. He's doing orange theory. He could lace it up for a couple miles. True. That's true. I think I could. I think I got a 5K in me. Yeah. You know? I definitely got a 5K in me. Not Perfect. a fast one, but I can I can muck, muck it through one. We're, we're working on some ideas for the summer. Let's just say that. You know, okay. this, this brain's always working. It's always oh, working. I know, I yeah. know that better it, than a, most. It's a, yeah, it's an unfortunate thing. <laughs> And, you know, since we're talking, I wasn't going to talk about this on my Bell app, but um, I'll bring it up. Uh, you know, we're we're talking some low high. And I know we got some some listeners out here that are uh, uh, alumni, part of the two crew. And we've talked about low enough on the podcast where the diehard two crew know all about it. Know that's where we're from. Um, and, you know, my marathon that I'm doing in October will be in Lowell and hopefully some of the two crew shows up for that. If you're looking to run a, a, a fall marathon or half marathon, we talked about it on the last episode. Um, let's just say our, our summer apparel drop is going to be along this theme. Ooh, so I, I love that. That's yeah, awesome. the, the, like I said, these wheels never stop turning. I already I have that. a couple designs done and 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 ready to go. So let's just let's just say, you know, for for people that are uh, you know connected to to Lowell, you're gonna like our summer apparel drop. Let's just say that. So I love that. Can can I actually ring the bell on the, the one more time? Yeah, because yeah. This, as as this is a gambling podcast, um, I would like to plug my good friend Dynamite. So Team. I. I just started following him two weeks ago. I saw that sweatshirt. Great, great picks. So you know him? He's caught, you know, Kyle Edwards. Yeah. My buddy, he's his stepdad. So I've been, I've been, I've been, say his name. I cut you off. Say his name. Uh, Dean Emerson. But the, the Instagram, the Instagram handle is, I want to say it's dynamite caddy services. Um, but if you search like dynamite, you'll find it. He just he goes on absolute heaters. Dude. Yeah, and it's the only heaters, and it's the only the, my only wins this year are off of tailing him. So yeah, I I was on I was on of the coldest of cold streaks, and I just started tailing him, and my luck started turning around. So I yeah. I think it was I think he was like on. We're we're getting way off topic here, but we we think he was like randomly on like Mickey Ward's Instagram story, and I was like, yeah, this guy, and I was well, like, he was wicked. Oh, he's giving he, was, he was wicked Irish back in the day. Oh, he was one of the, he, one of the oh. first guys with loudmouth golf, and he's actually Davis Thompson's caddy on tour. Yes, and so I did a little research on him, and he was giving picks, 
And I was like, oh, I'm going to follow this guy. And then I started tailing him on some picks. And I was like, oh, I like this guy. And I looked him up. He's a he's like a professional golf caddy. And yeah. uh, anyways, yeah. So, yeah, give that He's guy super one. funny. You know what? Add him to the list of people I want on the podcast. Oh. Yeah, he do. He would do it. He's a, uh, he's Maybe a great guy. Maybe we get man. him involved. The next track meet that has gambling. Maybe we get him involved in that. That would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool, man. I can get, I have his number. I'll give it to you. All right. Very cool. All right. I think that's it for today's episode. This was a fun one. I'm glad we did this, boys. We'll do it again soon. Appreciate it, fellas. I wouldn't run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I don't want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight.